You're listening to Mysteries Still Unsolved, a podcast where we discuss unsolved mysteries both past and present. I'm your host, Rochelle. Today we will discuss the Goat Man. Hello, hello, and welcome to Mystery Still Unsolved. If you are new, welcome, welcome. If you are a longtime listener, then welcome back. I first off just wanted to start by thanking myself for even getting out an episode this week. Uh, I have been dealing with two sick kids, and I honestly didn't think I would survive the week, let alone get out a podcast episode today. So I'm going to take a page out of Snoop Dogg's book and say thank you to myself Thank you, self. Um, Hopefully you guys have seen that video out there or you're just going to think I'm really weird, which is probably accurate. So (laughs) Uh, before we get started with today's episode, I just wanted to quickly do some housekeeping. I'm going to keep it real quick and short. We are going to be doing what my abuelo refers to as a mother-in-law housekeeping, which is when you only clean the parts of your home that your mother-in-law is most likely going to see during an impromptu visit. Uh, So yeah, short and sweet. If you are not already following me on Instagram at Mysteries Still Unsolved, you should. Uh, there I post pictures, videos, and behind the scenes of the cases that we cover. I pop in on stories every once in a while and provide you with a little bit of additional context. Uh, there you will be the first to know about new episodes, giveaways, merch, and events. You can also share your thoughts, theories, and opinions of the cases that we cover. You can DM me a case suggestion because seriously, those help me a lot. Um, I am booked out in terms of my topic, like calendar that I have until May. So please know that if you do shoot me a DM with a case suggestion, I might not be able to cover it until this summer just because like there's a queue, which is awesome. But if there's enough information about the case, I will for sure try to fit it into the calendar this year. I have a website. It is called www.mysterystillunsolved.com. There you can binge my 75. Yeah, I said it. 75. Um, Yeah, I would say that's a proper binge. Totes binge worthy. Um, Also, if you want to be oh so kind and leave me a review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. uh, Thanks. You'd be a real doll and my best friend forever. Uh, When you leave a review. It bumps me up the rankings. And then when someone is looking for another true crime podcast, they're going to be more likely to find mine. Um, So I think that that's it. All right. So this has nothing to do with the case that we're going to cover today. It's just a little bit of like a Rochelle spiel. Um, And it's not sponsored or anything, but I just want to talk to you about a show that I've been binging on Netflix and it has literally rocked my world in terms of how I'm going to be viewing cases from here on out. I've been watching a show called The Innocence Files. It follows the Innocence Project and their journey of overturning wrongful convictions and the things I am learning are literally mind-blowing. I am definitely going to be taking what I learn from the show and applying it to how I view cases from like here on out. Honestly, I feel like in another life after watching this show, um, I think I would have made it like a kick-ass prosecutor or defense attorney (laughs) in another life. (laughs) Um, And also what I love about this show, and like you can tell this is really good show because usually I can put on a Netflix show and just kind of like binge it, 
super fast in like a couple of days, but I have been working through this show for like almost two weeks now. And it's because it's not like one of those shows that you can watch and like kind of have it on in the background and like leave and then come back. And then you're like, okay, it probably didn't miss too much. No, you have to be giving your full attention to each episode. So I keep like running out, doing like a chore, coming back and being like, what the heck? What happened? And I have to rewind it. So yeah, it's really, really good. Um, But you have to pay a little bit of attention to it because if you don't, you're going to miss out on like so many important things. Um, So the last couple of cases that we've covered on Mystery Still Unsolved have been a little rough. We've covered a couple of kids cases, like two in a row, which are always super rough for me. And I've gotten feedback from y'all saying to kind of space them out (laughs) because I mean, they do, they really put you through the ringer. So today I'm going to discuss a case that is still super interesting, a little bit more on the folklore side of things, just to give us a bit of a break from what we've been covering. Um, and the cases that we're going to be covering in months to come. Um, today we're going to be talking about Goatman. And I initially put this in the schedule to, you know, for that reason to space things out. But I will have you know, Goatman took a little wild turn for me. And maybe just because I'm naive and I just like Goatman, it's going to be funny. It's going to be like Mothman. Um, it takes a turn. I'll let you know when we get there, but it takes a turn. Okay. So without further delay, let's get into it. The legend of Goatman might not be as familiar to you as some of the other creatures studied within the science of cryptozoology. Yes, the science of cryptozoology. That is a job, people. Um, Nonetheless, it still has a pretty big fan following. And as I found out through my research, some pretty horrific origin stories. It's hard to say if there's only one goat man who's like traveling around the United States or if there are possible goat men among us. Uh, Today, we are going to discuss three locations where the bulk of goat men activity is happening. Um, I'm also going to include a little caveat at the end because during my research, I stumbled across a video of a sighting in Utah. And of course, that just like tickled my fancy. I wanted to learn a little bit more about it. Um, In this episode, we will discuss various sightings as well as discuss whether we feel like there's any validity to these sightings. The first goat man, goat men, whatever, hotspot we'll discuss is in Maryland. The Maryland goat man is described as a half goat, half human-like creature. It's said to have the head and hind legs of a goat man with the body of a man. So, some people are convinced he is the physical manifestation of the devil, which is kind of where things took a turn. <laughs> um, not yet, but we're com- we're going to come up to it. Uh, the Maryland Goat Man is known for tormenting those who travel the Fletchertown Road area that is located outside the city limits of Bowie for decades. Um, I have an aunt who lives in Bowie, so I reached out to her for further comment because I wanted to know if the Maryland Goat Man really is as infamous as these articles kind of alluded to, but she did not return my comment. So I'm going to see in the next couple of weeks if she, or maybe even this week, if she'll get back to me. And if so, I'll, I'll say what she had to say on the Instagram. So just another reason to go and follow me on Instagram at Mystery Still Unsolved. So who is this 
goat man, and how did it all begin? As with most creatures rooted in folklore, there are a lot of different theories. However, there is one theory that reigns most popular among the rest in terms of the Maryland goat man. So, for the Maryland goat man, it is believed that he is a monster forged as the result of a terrible scientific experiment gone wrong. Think like Spider-Man's origin story. It's said that there was like this eccentric scientist named Dr. Fletcher, and he was working on an ill-fated experiment combining the DNA of a goat and the DNA of his lab assistant. When the unthinkable happened, and wham, bam! Goatman was created. There is or was a scientific agricultural facility which only fuels the flame of this legend in the town. Those who claim to have seen the goat man describe him as this axe-wielding, aggressive, feral, goat-like hybrid creature with horns and hooves. They say he roams the roads that lead to the agricultural facility attacking cars and teenagers at night with an axe. Another theory is that he is nothing other than the spirit of an angry, lonely goat herder. The story goes that this farmer, after having many negative run-ins with youths in the area, apparently they were like harassing him and his sheep, one night these teenagers took it too far and they actually like killed a goat. This apparently was one of the goat herder's like favorite goats and it is believed his ghost has come back to take revenge against any unsuspecting youth that happens to find themselves on this well-known lover's lane. The rumors of the goat man began in this area in 1957 when he was first sighted by a local man. Then he was later sighted in 1962 when all of a sudden like these 14 hikers were murdered near Fletcher Road across like this span of time. And the goat man was considered by the town folk as being involved. In fact, anytime there was an unsolved murder or disappearance near or in this tiny town, Goatman was usually alluded to as a likely suspect. Over the years, there have been similar sightings given the legend of the Goatman, only more and more momentum. The most documented sightings in Maryland was that involving a dog in 1971. Ginger, the young dog of the Edwards family, went missing, and after many, many days of searching for her, she was found dead and headless. The article written about the ordeal was titled, Residents Fear Goatman Lives, Dog Found Decapitated in Bowie. So, shocking. The article also mentions that of a group of girls, including the young owner of Ginger named April, and they were apparently on Fletcher Road the day that the dog went missing. They all remembered hearing odd sounds coming from deep in the woods, and they claimed to have spotted a creature of unknown origin before the the girls like were like, peace out, we're done with this, and they ran away. It also mentioned an increase in Goatman sightings since the unfortunate incident had occurred for just a little while. However, after 1971, when things slowed down, um, things with Goatman kind of quieted. But like these often tend to do, they picked back up again in 2015 when there was another cluster of sightings, even eliciting a trending hashtag on Twitter. Twitter, Twitter, <laughs> on Twitter, hashtag Goatman lives. Nowadays, searching for the creature has become a teenager's rite of passage in this small town, a pastime that all remember participating in are like these infamous Goatman parties that local teens will set up in the woods near or on Fletcher Road. 
In a more recent update, a cryptozoologist who claims that he specializes in Goatman, named Mark Sesnick, apparently visited with Hayden and April Edwards. They are two living children of the infamous Edwards family whose dog was supposedly killed, maimed, and decapitated by Goatman. Hayden, who is now an older man, claims that the night before they made the gruesome discovery, he and his family were out searching for Ginger. He said that while he was out, he and some of the others who were with him encountered this large six-foot-two hairy beast who walked on its two hind legs. He also said what made it most terrifying was that the creature would let out these high-pitched squeals. April Edwards, who is the original owner of the dog, was talking to Mark, this supposed expert on Goatman, and she said, quote, People came and called it folklore. The papers made us out to be these ignorant hillbillies who didn't know any better. But what I saw was real, and I know I'm not crazy. Whatever it was, Goatman or not, I believe it killed my dog, end quote. Whether the Goatman of Maryland is a collective figment of a town's wild imagination or is real, it's hard to say. Those who believe are truly a thousand percent convinced that they saw them and or saw Goatman and they were there, not me. So who am I to tell them that they're wrong? Moving on, we have the Popelick Monster. The Popelick Bridge is an active railroad bridge located in Louisville, Kentucky. Legend has it that the Popelick Monster lives under the bridge and is none other than the Goatman. According to different reports, the Goatman supposedly lures his victims to the bridge either by hypnotizing them or with the call of his siren voice. Once upon the tracks, he watches as his victims are run over by trains and plummet to their deaths. In other accounts, the Goatman pops out from the bridge, startling cars and causing crashes. Other sightings claim he hunts down people with a blood-stained axe. He terrorizes them, forcing them to retreat to the tracks, and it is here that victims are either killed by an oncoming train or they simply choose to jump from the tracks rather than be met by the wrath of Goatman. It is speculated that the Popelick monster is a circus freak who escaped and is now exacting revenge on all humankind. Why? What's the motive? Perhaps he associates all humans to those who mistreated him while he was in the circus, or perhaps it's because he is jealous of what humankind has that he will never experience, a normal life. Another theory is that there was like a goat farmer in this town in Louisville, Kentucky, who practiced black magic, and the townspeople believed that he would sacrifice goats in the light of the full moon in exchange for satanic power. These are, of course, all speculations with no real scientific backing, but what isn't speculation is a fact that there do seem to be an exuberant number of unexplained deaths occurring either on or around Popelick Bridge. The bridge is still in operation, however, it has been closed to civilians. Uh, the street underneath it has been closed to past, like driving pe- people driving in cars, and people are no um, longer able to drive underneath it. Huge eight-foot-tall fences encase the bridge, making it only passable by train. These fences were made in an effort to discourage people from exploring it. However, it only seems to have piqued people's interests, particularly teenagers and 20-somethings. Because, as we all know, if you tell a teenager not to do something, 
what is the first thing that they're going to want to do? Okay, exactly. So every year, even since the building and the construction of these fences, young members of the community or tourists seeking a bit of a cryptic entertainment um, plummet to their deaths after either attempting to scale the bridge or because they were unaware that it is still an operating bridge for trains and are plowed over. The cases of needless deaths only got worse after, in 1988, a film was made about the legend of the Pope Lick bridge monster. During the premiere of this film, employees of movie theaters would begin each showing with a disclosure stating that even though the scenes of the bridge were in fact the real Pope Lick Bridge, all stunts involving the bridge were not actually done there, but rather in a safer, more controlled location. However, this disclaimer didn't keep all movie buffs from attempting an infamous scene of the movie where the main character, it's a teenage boy, is attempting to escape from the goat man and is met with this oncoming train. The teenage boy leaps out of the way just in time and holds onto the undercarriage of the truss bridge while the train speeds by overhead for about like five to seven minutes. And this is literally impossible as the vibrations of the train alone are likely to ruin your grasp. Also, five to seven minutes is a pretty long time to hold yourself, and I don't think that people really realize that. Nevertheless, since the movie's release, several young people have died attempting the impossible, most recently occurring in 2019 when a young girl named Savannah Bright plummeted to her death as her friend watched helplessly. The surviving girl claims that the two we're looking for Goatman. Now we move on to the Texas Goatman, which is probably the most um, like popular of all of the Goatmen that we're going to be discussing on today's episode. So this Goatman lives under or on or around the old Alton Bridge, the bridge which has been nicknamed the Goatman's Bridge. It's another iron truss bridge, just like the one in Kentucky. Uh, This bridge, however, was built in 1884. It connects the cities of Denton and Copper Canyon. And apparently, like, a bunch of people used to live in Alton. Like, well, actually, when it was first established, it was like, this is a city. It's Alton. Population one. It was just, like, some guy who, like, didn't want to live around people. And, hey, I totally get it. I don't like being around people either so um but then it kind of like grew a little bit but now it's like a completely abandoned town like nobody lives there anymore um so originally this bridge was like carrying cars over hickory creek for people who wanted to travel from denton to alton or to copper canyon and it was used pretty frequently until about 2001 when a more sturdy bridge was built close by and most through traffic was kind of like redirected there. I'm not even sure if it would be safe for vehicles to cross right now. Um, With most vehicles no longer using the bridge, it became part of a popular hiking and horse trails route instead. It also, of course, became a popular spot for people in search of seeing the goat man. The Texas goat man is reportedly the ghost of a black goat farmer named Oscar Washburn who moved with his family north of the bridge in the 1930s. At the time, Oscar was known as a brilliant businessman who was renowned for this for his high-quality goat meat, milk, and cheeses. He would like sell them. It was because of this that North Texans endearingly referred to him as the goat man. However, 
in the 1930s, the success of a black man was still unwelcome to many, including some Klansmen in the area. And when they heard about this successful black farmer called the Goat Man, they became enraged and decided to do something about it to teach a lesson to not only Oscar, but to other black men in the area. On a dark night in 1938, a group of Klansmen ambushed the Goatman's home and dragged the screaming man to a noose waiting for him at the bridge. They mercilessly tightened the rope around Oscar's neck and threw him over the side. The Klansmen then walked down to confirm that Oscar was indeed dead, but were shocked to find nothing but a dangling noose waiting for them and no sign of Oscar Washburn. The men panicked frantically, searching the area, but they couldn't find him, so they assumed he must have returned home to his cabin, so they went back there, and when he couldn't be found there, they decided that they were going to light his home on fire with the goat man's entire family still inside. Oscar was never seen again, and his body was never recovered, but it is believed that his vengeful spirit has been haunting the old Alton Bridge ever since. So, I kind of wanted to know if there was any validity to this story. Um, Were there any news articles from 1938 about this? So, I decided to do a little bit of digging. And many people believe that this version of events doesn't hold any water. Because there is apparently no documentation or news articles to even remotely support that a goat farmer named Oscar Washburn ever existed. That being said, however... Just because we can't find documentation about an African-American goat farmer in Texas doesn't mean he necessarily never existed. I would assume that there were many African-Americans at this time who didn't have any sort of legal documentation. Um, They were regarded as property, not human. It's horrible. Um, But So if you can enter the mind of a psycho clansman slash government leader who doesn't value human life, I know that it's hard to like even enter that realm of space for even a millisecond, um, then it would make sense why you wouldn't provide birth certificates, etc. Also, the clansmen who murdered this man and his family were known to be local government leaders. You don't think that they had the wherewithal to cover up their tracks and perhaps destroy any documentation that might have existed proving Oscar Washburn was a real human being? Hmm? Hmm? I live in a space where I try to never say anything's impossible. So, yeah, maybe it all was just made up. But every story has a bit of truth, and I'm curious as to how this particular story about a goat farmer named Oscar Washburn came about. The guys over on BuzzFeed, Unsolved, visited the bridge, so that way I wouldn't have to. (laughs) Hallelujah. Um, First off, I'd freak out because I hate bridges. I'm absolutely terrified of heights. And then on top of that, I'd be terrified of actually running into Goatman or someone like pretending to be Goatman. (laughs) The guys are actually the ones who informed me that Alton like isn't even a town anymore. Like it's completely abandoned, which makes it even creepier because if you start screaming and need help while you're on this bridge or you run into Goatman, nobody can hear you. Um, They also discussed another origin story, which we haven't talked on. And this is kind of when things take a turn. (laughs) Apparently, 
Bridges are believed by some to be gateways to other realms or possibly even hell. Some believe that the woods surrounding where the bridge now stands used to be used by Satanists who may have knowingly or unknowingly opened a portal in which a demonic entity like the Goatman could enter our world. This is backed up by articles I was actually able to find that like Satan worship Satan worshipers did congregate in these woods near the old Alton's Bridge. For years, locals have warned that if you drive over the bridge without your headlights on, you will be met on the other side by the goat man, either wearing the severed head of a goat or carrying goat heads in his hands. Visitors to the bridge have claimed to see ghostly phantoms, have had rocks thrown at them, have been dragged thrown or scratched three times, which as we know is like very common in demonic possessions to mock the Holy Trinity. People have also felt overcome with like this unexplained aggression and violence. One paranormal paranormal expert, I cannot say that word, one paranormal expert who had been like doing this sort of thing for years claimed that during a routine search of the woods, she suddenly felt this overwhelming desire to murder her entire team of investigators. Some visitors claimed to hear splashing in the river below, followed by menacing laughter, or some even report seeing a ghostly figure herding goat ghosts over the bridge in the direction of the goat man's old farm. Other visitors claimed to have heard a growling voice emanating from beneath, telling them to get off the bridge. One, I guess that's not really growling. How would it be? It'd be more like, get off the bridge. That's more growly. Okay. One such instance was with two teenage boys. So apparently these boys were walking across the bridge when they heard the growling voice. Um, one friend, aka me in this situation, ran off the bridge. The other boy, however, stayed. And the boy who fled then watched in horror as an unseen force dragged his friend to the railing of the bridge and flipped him into the water below. The boy ended up being fine, but still terrifying to witness. Others claim to hear hooves following them on the bridge, but when they turn around, nothing is there. Um, they see, they feel like it's almost as if they're like being chased off the bridge by this unseen force. Local legend says that if you knock on the bridge or honk your horn three times at precisely midnight, you risk sermonizing the spirit of the goat man and that you will suddenly smell the stench of a decomposing body. That sounds disgusting, but also the smell of a durian. As we've seen within this episode and previous episodes where we've discussed cryptic creatures, there is another possible origin story. And if you can believe it, this one is even more gruesome than the la- the last possibility that we discussed. So this theory predates the construction of Alton Bridge dating back to the 1860s. Apparently, some cowboys lynched and hung a slave goat herder by the name of Jack Kendall on a creekside tree very near to where the bridge now stands. But the story goes that due to the haste of the cowboys, instead of hanging this man from the tree... The man was instead decapitated, and the cowboys then watched in horror as the headless body raised itself from the creek bed. Then, after chanting some voodoo, ripped off the head of a nearby goat and used it to replace its own headless form. Ever since, it is claimed that this area has been haunted 
and that is where the bridge was subsequently built. Sounds like a bad idea. Uh, This is by far the creepiest and most gruesome origin story of the Goatman, and it appears other people agree as it has been voted one of the top creepy locations to visit in the Dallas area. Okay, so going back to the Satan worship and the surrounding woods, I thought this was like the origin of the goat man and that it was like long gone in the woods, but apparently not. A local police officer in 2020 said that the local pet shop actually no longer sells cats due to the amount of tourists who would come to the pet shop, acquire a cat, and sacrifice said cat in the woods because he said that they frequently find cat remains um, kind of near where it looks like satanic rituals have been done. No, poor kitties. I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. I have a cat and she's the sweetest, albeit most annoying, cat in the world. She's like this judgy little grandma, but I love her and I would kill anyone who tried to hurt her or any other cats for that matter. I also wanted to while we were looking into goats anyways, figure out why is it that goats and demons are always talked about together? I mean, personally, I feel like a scarier, more menacing animal should represent Satan incarnate, but hey, that's just me. So I decided to look into it a little bit and find out why is Satan always portrayed as having goat-like features? Alrighty, so the best answer I was able to find, although there were many, many rambling tangents, goes as follows. The classic image of Satan with cloven hooves, hairy legs, the tail of a goat, pointed ears, a beard, a flat nose, and a set of horns appeared for the first time in the 9th century, adapted from the Greek god Pan. The male goat is considered a symbol of Satan, because the head of this particular animal traces as an inverted star. Um, It's kind of difficult to explain, so I will just put a picture of it on the post that I'm going to post on Instagram today. Um, This symbolizes a falling star, and by analogy, a fallen angel, which would be Lucifer, Satan. Also, the smell of the male goat and its sexual virility. Apparently, goats are like super horny. Who would have thought? I thought bunnies were that's like I always hear jokes about bunnies I've never heard jokes about goats but whatever okay so all that sexual virility and its poor hygiene made the poor poor goat a symbol of a bad Christian with its mind dominated by its most basic and therefore sinful instincts but on the other hand The scapegoat is considered a symbol of Christ, the sacrificial victim that is offered to expiate the sins of mankind. So as you can see, religious symbology is ambiguous and often contradictory, to say the very least. All right, so I guess that kind of wraps up today's discussion on Goatman. However, I did tell you that I was going to touch a little bit about the video that was posted of Goatman in Utah. So it's actually pretty funny. Apparently like this teenage boy or 20 something boy, I can't tell because I'm old. So they all look the same to me. Um, apparently he was hiking in these mountains in Salt Lake City and he looked over and spotted like 
a bunch of goats, like a herd of goats. And then off to the side was this man who was very obviously dressed in a goat costume. And I'm not really sure why he would dress up as a goat. Um, Maybe he just really likes mountain goats and like wanted to get closer to them to observe their behavior. Or maybe there were more creepy things at play here. I don't know. Um, But apparently, as the guy was like taking a video of this goat man, or man dressed as a goat, um, the man spotted him and then began like sulking slash pretending to cry on the side of the mountain. So I was a little bit disappointed that it wasn't a real goat man sighting, but still interesting nonetheless. (laughs) I had no idea when I began this research on Goatman that it would take this bizarre satanic turn. I thought it was going to be more like the origin story of Mothman where like we thought it was an alien or some weird experiment gone wrong or some lonely goat farmer and now we have like Goatman festivals. But yeah, I guess I was just naive in my knowledge about goats and demons and their association. I mean, I did watch some episodes of the new Sabrina the Teenage Witch where goats are referenced quite a bit, but I don't know. I just didn't know. I probably should have known better, though. Um, I still like the idea of the mad scientist the best. It gave me, like, this real Spidey Sense flashbacks. Um, But what do you think? What do you make of the legend of Goatman? Do you think he's really out there? Do you think he's a figment of our wildest imaginations? Do you think he's orchestrated out of the fear of satanic worship and used as a cautionary tale to keep teenagers away from places that they shouldn't be? Let me know your thoughts, theories, and opinions on the post I made today about this episode on my Instagram account at mysterystillunsolved. Do you want to know how to support this podcast? Of course you do. Follow me on Instagram at mysterystillunsolved. Visit my website at www.mysterystillunsolved.com. Leave me a review wherever it is you enjoy listening to your podcasts. Tell a true crime-loving friend or family member about me. And don't feel like you must limit it to friends and family. Tell your therapist, because you'll probably need to. Um, Tell your masseuse, the concierge of your hotel. When someone sneezes on the subway next time, instead of saying gesundheit, say mystery still unsolved. It'll catch people by surprise. I love a good sneak attack. (laughs) Thank you all so much for coming back week after week. I know that y'all are super busy and that there are only so many hours in the day and just the fact that you would choose to spend 30 to 60 minutes with me each week means the absolute world. Seriously, I don't know how I got to be so lucky in my listenership, but you are all seriously the best. I hope you find money on the street or in your pockets. I hope that your week is filled with great hair days. I hope your arch nemesis gets a huge Mount Vesuvius pimple on their face. I hope that even in a world full of atrocities that we discuss every week, you are able to see through the dirt and the grime and see the beauty and kindness that awaits us as well. Oh yeah, don't forget to join me next week when together we'll discover, did anyone ever place a useful tip? Has justice prevailed? Or is the mystery still unsolved?